Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. So, hello everyone in the house and out the house of the live stream. This is something brand new, right? But I'm super stoked just to to be here, honestly. We were kind of kidding in our Monday leadership meeting, and we didn't have a drummer for this week. This is before we even found out we weren't going to be meeting at the gym. And, um, you know, Pastor Kate looks at Pastor Greg and says, hey, why don't you play the drums, Greg, and let Gabby preach? (laughs) And we all started laughing. We thought it was a joke. But then I was kind of like, you know, I'll do it if you do it. So we switched, um, kind of, sort of, and here we are. And I'm really excited. And This week we're talking about fasting, and I was just thinking about fasting and my journey with it and just trying to get a grid on what the Lord wanted to say to us as a body and a church about fasting, and I was taken back to my basketball days. I played basketball, not professionally, but like pretty competitively for about 12 years. I started in sixth grade, and I went all the way up until college where I thought about getting into sports there, and I did not, which I'm really grateful for because it's a whole nother level in college, right? But I remember there was this moment in my basketball, quote unquote, career where I got exposed to a basketball fundamental that changed my basketball playing forever in the best way. And I just wish I would have known about it sooner. I just wish I would have known about it sooner. And the reality is, is I just didn't. No one ever told me. And so here's the fundamental, right? I know it sounds so crazy. And some of you who play, I know Ben is out there. I saw him on the live stream. So don't laugh at me, okay, Ben? Um, It's how you hold the ball. So they actually teach you to hold the ball. So you have kind of like an anchoring hand here and you hold the ball Um, with the other hand, hold on, I'm going to just show you, like this, and then the thing is, is your hands actually make this T on the side, so whenever you hold the ball, it kind of looks like this right here, and then you should always shoot with your middle finger, you point and shoot with the middle finger, and I remember getting to high school, and I kind of joined like a competitive team, and all of a sudden, like the, the tiny fundamentals were being taught to me, that no one ever took the time to teach me, because it was just kind of like, get in there, play, do your best, did you make a shot, you know, just, you're looking at the big picture, but now I had graduated to high school, and I was going to this private school, and this coach, Coach John Givens, one of the best coaches I ever had in my life, was taking the time to show me the small, tiny details of how to play the game, and I remember when he he showed me how to shoot the ball, all of a sudden, my shooting score went from like a a 60% to like an 85%, I was just knocking down the baskets, like even when I was tired. And that was something that I was like, whoa, I wish somebody would have told me this earlier. And when I think about just life, there's so many of those things, right? I love reading little entrepreneur books. People talk about waking up at 5 a.m., it gives you clarity, or exercising every day, it gives you endorphins, or not eating the Cheetos, right? Because you feel better and all this stuff. I like Cheetos, so I don't know. I always think about Cheetos. But spiritual life is the same. There are fundamentals, disciplines, right? When you incorporate them, your whole life seems to change. You become more successful, and that's like a relative word. Success to me in spiritual life is being obedient to the Lord and in alignment with the Lord. So it might look different when you're not talking spiritual things, but for this conversation here, success is like really being in alignment with the Lord. Other things like prayer, right? 
prayer, you have fasting, what we're gonna talk about today, and then you have different things like reading the word, going to church. You know, generation now, <laughs> that's not even a term, but our generation now, I'm a millennial and we have Gen Z coming up behind us. I hear a lot of talk about, hey, we don't really need to go to church. And I'm like, whoa, Paul talks about, do not forsake the fellowship of the saints in the book of Hebrews. And so just like that, fasting is one of those disciplines, one of those fundamentals that if you understand the value, well, not just if, first of all, it's valuable, but when you understand the value, you actually want to start incorporating it because it enhances your spiritual life. So I want to just jump in. I'm going to just go for it here. Let's talk about why we fast, right? Let's first of all talk about the misconceptions of fasting, right? With everything, there's a misconception and then there's like the actual reason why you do it. So a lot of misconceptions, I have some written down right here in my notes. I hear a lot of talk about, well, people don't really say it, but you can kind of see it sometimes when you're fasting in the community or whatever. People are trying to prove themselves to the Lord, whether you articulate it or not. God, I'm doing this because I want to be a good Christian, right? That's a misconception. You're not ever good <laughs> based on what you do. Jesus is your righteousness, right? I think it's like Psalm 16. It says, you know, there's no good apart from the Lord. So good luck on trying to prove your goodness. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're trying to do that. Forgive me. Don't come for me, okay? Um, it's not a way to gain the Lord's affection. That's misconception number two. The Lord already loves us, right? He died for us. We learn that in like a lot of us in grade school or even maybe younger than that. You learn... The Lord died for me on a cross, but it doesn't hit the heart sometimes. We don't really take it in and understand, hey, he loved you before you were born the most he's ever going to love you. His love doesn't all of a sudden grow because you've done something. It was at its peak when he conceived the thought of you, and it never changes. His love isn't a roller coaster, right? But our human love can be that way sometimes, and so I think we naturally just attribute well, I love like a roller coaster, you know? So-and-so brought me coffee today. Man, I, I really love them today. <laughs> they didn't bring me coffee yesterday, though, so not so good. <sighs> yeah, that's how it is, but not with God, and that's incredible. Number three, it's also in the spiritual realm, not a way to accomplish your physical goals. So right now in our culture, a lot of people fast to lose weight. I mean, that's one of the biggest ways I hear people talking about it. Um, some people, they'll even go as nerdy as to say, hey, when you fast uh, for three days, just water, you know, your whole digestive system returns to that of an infant. If you have skin problems, maybe that's the way to go. Well, cool. If you want to do that, consult your doctor. I did not tell you to do that, but that's not really what God is thinking about when he's saying fasting, okay? He wants us to fast for different reasons. So here we go. We're going to jump into what it is. Are we ready? All right, buckle your seatbelts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to give us three reasons about why we should fast. Now, there's definitely more. There's so many examples of fasting in the Bible. Like, you could write a book, if not five books in a series. But I just want to give us three. And I really believe the Lord is speaking to our church right now about fasting, which is so, it doesn't feel strange. It's just like, when you pick up, like we have our miracles book, right, that we're going through during Lent. And when you pick it up and you see the order of it, you just really, in your human mind, don't even begin to conceive of how much is actually going to fall into line with what God is doing right now in our lives. And so I, it just like blows my mind to realize that we're on the fasting prayer this weekend. And then the Lord is actually calling us into a fast, like from just us praying and digging in on our own. So it's wild. So let's jump in. What is fasting? Point number one, 
Um, I want to just say, this is what it does, one of the things. It reveals idols and helps you return to your first love. Whew. I've heard stories um, just of people when they, they fast. They, and we'll get into how to do it later. So don't even get worried about, oh, my gosh, you know, Gabby's talking about we're going to be fasting as a church. I can already hear some of you. <laughs> just like, I don't want to give up food. I just bought chocolate. I don't want to eat it. <laughs> or I want to eat it. Um, hold on. Pause, okay? Let's just talk about the, the sustenance of what it is, the theory behind it, okay? So it reveals idols and helps you return to your first love. So sometimes... I hear stories of people saying, yeah, I was fasting, and all of a sudden I got really angry. Or I was fasting, and I just, like, couldn't stop thinking about this one lustful issue or whatever. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you should probably eat because it's getting bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> go, go eat a sandwich because you're getting out of hand. But the reality is, is you're now seeing your heart. What's behind, you know, food is comfort. And social media, you can fast social media. You can fast, uh, you know, maybe eating lunch with friends for a week or whatever. There's so many things you can fast, and we'll get into that later. But when you start giving those things up, which are comfort, and you start dealing with the comforter one-on-one, who is the Lord, all of a sudden he starts saying, hey, you're taking comfort in these things. And you thought it was okay, but it's actually, it actually has a hold on your soul. And I want that. I want your soul. And um, in the book of Joel, they actually call a fast because the people were dealing with that. They were really out of control. <laughs> and it says, yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Joel 2.12. And so the Lord, he says it right there, fasting helps you return. Fasting with prayer, of course, but fasting his way helps you return. Let's go into point number two. It fuels longing. I think this is my favorite because I long for a lot of things, if I'm honest, right? I long to buy a home one day. I long to see my, you know, family member get saved. There's all these longings. And I think if we're honest, we all have longings. And I I think it's healthy to have longings. But sometimes those longings, we can focus on them so much that they become the main longing, um, number one in that first place. And To be honest, I'm just going to be totally 100. I really want Jesus to be my first longing. I want to say, Lord, I long for you. And I think naturally we do as human beings. You know, have you ever heard that? I want to call it cliche, but it's kind of true. That cliche phrase where people say, there's a hole in your heart that's only made for Jesus. And you're kind of like, okay, grandma. You know, (laughs) like you, I just cut it. You know what I mean? (laughs) But the reality is, is grandma's kind of right. And so even though she gets on your nerves, all right? So there is that longing in your heart. I wouldn't call it a hole because our hearts are, are whole with him, right? But there's a longing that he's placed in us for him, for eternity, for things to be made right. And so I actually like it because Jesus is the one that talks about this in the word. In Matthew 9, if you want to flip there, if you have your Bibles, Matthew 9, verse 14 The disciples of John came to him, Jesus, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus, God himself, said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast. I remember reading this a few years ago, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was like, bridegroom, like, who, why are you talking about a wedding, Jesus? And Jesus 
is actually alluding to himself. He's saying, hey, one day I'm coming back for all of you. But here's the thing. They didn't get it at the time. And some of us don't get it at this time, to be honest. Jesus is coming back. We are his bride as a church, individually, collectively. He's coming back for us. And this process that we're going through right now called life, this earthly process, which feels so messy, is him being patient and letting the process of our development happen, whether or not it looks great or not. It can look ugly sometimes. But he's coming back, and he is a bridegroom. And he's saying, hey, I'm here right now. I'm setting a precedent forth. I'm setting an example forth. I'm going to leave, and when I'm gone, fast so that you remember and your heart longs for what is going to happen. It's kind of like a great lover, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when you get someone in your life, you kind of set the precedent forth, you know, she calls you three times a week or whatever, whatever works for you guys, right? All these different things that are fun. Like we go on a date twice a week and we love to eat donuts. I have friends back in California. They love their donuts. Always posting pictures of their donuts as a couple and it's cute. And so that happens. The precedent gets set and then life happens. So-and-so has to go on a work trip for six weeks or whatever. And then the longing starts. Oh, I miss my donuts with what's his name, and you know, oh, I just, you see a donut, you start crying and stuff, and people are like, why are you crying? It's just a donut. Oh, I long for my love. That should be us with Jesus. Lord, so-and-so's not healed, but I know you're coming back. I long to see you come back and heal so-and-so. I remember my friend Katie had cancer, and it was pretty, like, terminal. The Lord healed her, praise God, but we were in the zone where I remember just leading a worship session and I'm thinking about Katie and I'm like trying to lead these young kids in Alabama and worship and I'm looking at them like I'm trying to lead you but my heart is like Katie and and the Lord is like you long for me you're not just upset about Katie you're upset that this world is not what it should be but don't just focus on the world long for me let it become intercession prayer Jesus I long for you to heal Katie I long for healing that's what fasting helps us get back to. Instead of just focusing on, what, foc foking, focusing on what's wrong, it helps us to say, but I know someone who can make it right. I long for the bridegroom. I long for Jesus. So that's point number two. Point number three on what fasting does, and I want to really hang our hats here, is it aligns us with the Lord, and it produces intimacy. It just like kind of like makes us gel with him in a beautiful way. And I love alignment, you know, like if you've ever like played a lot of sports or maybe you just did it and it happened anyways, but like your shoulder gets out of alignment or like, you know, if you ever ran past something and you catch your pinky toe, anybody been there? <laughs> that disalignment really hurts your whole body. <laughs> you're, you're walking around six weeks and you just, you're still limping, you know what I mean? So alignment is so important physically and spiritually. And here's a scripture that I really want to hang our hats on. It's in Acts 13. So if you want to turn there, chapter 2, or chapter 13, excuse me, verse 2. Um, alignment in the spiritual realm really comes from being able to hone in on what he's saying. It's really hard, like, with just humans in general. Think about just us, right, humans. I can't tell you what so-and-so wants. Let's just say Pastor Greg. I can't tell you what Pastor Greg wants unless he tells me. I can try to assume 
I can make assumptions. I can even, you know, kind of watch his patterns and just, okay, well, I think he likes coffee at 7 a.m., so I'm going to try to do that, go get him coffee at 7 a.m. But what if Greg doesn't want coffee <laughs> on Thursday? You know what I mean? He needs to speak. I need to hear him. We need to communicate. That's with people. Same with God. You know, and I think, to be honest, if I'm just being 100, I think a lot of our church, and we're one, so I'm, I'm in this too. I'm not just saying I'm great and high and mighty. No, I'm in the midst. I think we can really get into a flow of not hearing him. I mean, first of all, let's be honest here. You hear him in the word, number one. So if we're not in this, I mean, it's dangerous. So you can fast and pray, but if you're not in the word, and this is his voice. This is Jesus in the flesh. In the beginning, he was the word. It says that in John, right? And so if we're not in the word, we're definitely not hearing him. So, and we can hear his rhema word, which is like he witnesses something to our hearts or some kind of prophetic utterance, you know, but it really starts with hearing. We, we have to hear. And it's not necessarily, and when I say hear, hear me right, um, no pun intended, but catch what I'm saying here. <laughs> it's not necessarily an audible voice. Because, right, our human bodies, we hear with our ears. But the Lord, sometimes he's just like, you keep seeing the same thing, you know. He's trying to speak to you. You keep seeing patterns in your own life, right. Pay attention. Or someone keeps saying, you know what, you should really uh, change that tire. The tread on it is getting a little low. You're like, man, that's the sixth time this week someone's told me that. Well, I mean, maybe the Lord is using people. Like, hello. So, yeah, alignment. And let's go back to that scripture, Acts 13. Now, it says, while they were worshiping, all the disciples are together, they're worshiping, and they're fasting. It says, while they were worshiping, the Lord, and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart. Wait, let's just go back. The Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit speaks, guys. Back in the day, I know a lot of people would come for me for this. Some people don't believe this, but the Holy Spirit speaks. He really does. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The two paired together, right? Because we can fast and just fast, but we got to make sure it's pointed towards him. And we'll get there in a second. But the Holy Spirit said, and I think that's why I'm up here today. We're talking about fasting, not just for the sake of you adding another spiritual discipline to your back pocket and checking it off your list, and now I'm a great Christian because now I fast, and we all know the Christian community doesn't really fast, and I'm one of the fasters, so I feel great about myself, and the Lord loves me, amen. No, that's not what we're doing here. Scratch that. Throw it out the window. Not us, okay? We're fasting because the Lord has brought us into a moment, and as I was driving and praying on my way here, I was like, man, Lord, I really believe you've brought us in a moment, and I just felt this peace in my heart, and I just felt like the Lord was like, mm-hmm, yeah, we're in a moment. If you guys don't know, um, we're no longer at the YMCA. Welcome. We're at our church offices for now until we find a space. But we're in this liminal, in-between kind of phase as a church. And to be honest, I think some of us in our everyday lives are in this liminal, in-between phase. We want something, and we want to believe that God will give it to us, but we're really not sure what needs to happen to get there. It's like point A is here. Point B is here. This in-between, big question mark. And I believe the Lord is really asking us to get to a place to where this question mark is now revelation for us as a church body and individuals. So 
this series of miracles, right? We talked about repentance, um, I think, the other week. And now we're talking about fasting because I really believe the Lord wants to do miracles. And our church being in this liminal phase is the Lord saying, hey, you want to see miracles? Let's put it to the test. But it doesn't feel good. <laughs> it feels chaotic a little bit, challenging, uncomfortable. But here's the thing I know about God. I've seen some of his patterns is that he tends to allow his people in the word. I've seen it just like Pastor Greg was talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And in my own life, he allows his people to get a little bit uncomfortable or a lot of bit uncomfortable so that they would look towards him. And what fasting is going to do is it makes everything die down so that we can really align with him and hear what he's speaking. So I believe, honestly, as a church, that we're in a holy moment, everyone. And it sounds very weighty, but I think what we need to do is very simple. It's weighty because it's God, but I, I believe it's very simple. I believe that we need to fast to kill the noise. And while I was praying last night, I felt like the Lord said, it's time to kill the noise. As a church, we've gotten this far. It's super beautiful. The Lord has done it. He's done it. But now we're turning a corner. And I think to turn the corner well, we have to hear him. Period. That's all there is to it. We have to hear him. And I believe the Lord is saying, kill the noise. So I want to just talk about what this looks like practically, right? Because I see some of y'all, I could just envision some people on their couches at their watch parties right now and in their connect groups. Just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. This is freaking me out. I, just, you, just slow down, okay? I'm going to get into some practicalities. Number one, fasting is a spiritual discipline. So let's start it by asking the Lord individually. We've kind of already asked collectively what we should do, but individually what you should do as we fast. So I'm going to call a fast. I already asked Pastor Greg. He said, go ahead. I said, are you sure? He said, go ahead. Okay. So blame him. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's the Lord. All right. Um, we're going to do a seven-day glory church fast starting on Monday. So Monday, and then you can stop it next Sunday. Okay. Well, that's actually six days. But yes, next Sunday. We'll just say that. You need to ask the Lord what that looks like for you. Because just deciding on your own to give up all food and only drink water until that moment, it might not be good for you or for your spiritual walk. You, you know what I mean? So it looks different for everyone. And I just want to take out the shame here. You don't need to be a pro at this. Fasting is not, like we said earlier, it's not a way to prove yourself. It's not a way to be seen as spiritual. We're spiritual because Jesus made us spiritual, period, right? So when we're going about fasting, think to yourself, well, pray and ask the Lord, what does that look like? Whatever he kind of gives you idea-wise, um, you kind of feel drawn to, run with it. Run with it. If that's giving up chocolate for a week, which that'll be me. I'm just being open and confessing. I'm giving up sugar this next week. And I was like, man, that seems kind of like weak, Lord. And he's like, aren't we talking about how this is not to make you look strong? <laughs> he fills us in our weakness, even in those small little decisions. You don't have to go crazy. I've done the fast, right, where you just like drink juice for a week or whatever. Fine. If that's what the Lord's calling you to, please do it. But if he's not, don't do it. If he's calling you to do a fast from social media or to give something up, Netflix, hey, hello. You know what I mean? If he's calling you to do that, go for it. Video games, hello, 
Hello, okay, some of you, that's a word, all right? <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and do that, go ahead and do that. Um, and then this is the kicker right here, and this is where I think sometimes we can miss it in the whole fasting process. Don't just plan what you're gonna give up, plan what you're going to exchange in terms of, I'm giving this up so that I can do blank. I'm giving up one meal a day so I can sit with the Lord during that time. Read the word, I can pray, get that revelation. So that is that. As you do it this week, stay in communication with the Holy Spirit. I really believe he can speak. I've heard the Lord really speak during like fasting moments. And I wasn't even, you know, you always feel like the Lord's going to speak when you're doing something powerful. When you feel like you've given up and you're like, my stomach's caving in. I can hear it gurgling. Now I hear him speak. No, it might just be when you're walking down the street and you just have a strong impression Stay in communication with the Holy Spirit. Stay in communication with your word, with your friends who are believers in fellowship. Don't go, and don't go AWOL and go in isolation mode during this. This is a time for us to come together as a family. And lastly, I just want to say this. It's not about proving a point, and I've already said that before, but just one more time, or executing it in your own strength. It's about growing closer to him and aligning in this season. And I really believe that the Lord wants to just download different things to each of us. Man, what would it be like if his church, like honestly, if his church, like us as a church and his global church, us as believers, if we heard him, and Mel, you can come on up here and and play behind me. Um, If we truly aligned with him and heard his voice, like we killed the noise in our lives We weren't consumed with the things that consume us. For me, I'll be honest, social media can consume me. I'm thinking about what Susie posted over here and what Peter posted. And I'm walking down the street. I'm not even aware of what the Lord wants to do. You know what I mean? And so what if the noise died down in our lives, those distractions, and the Lord downloaded into us as individuals and as a church, what's next and what he wants to do? What if? What would the world look like? What would things be doing in in our society, in our culture? What would change? And I believe that's the, the shift the Lord wants to bring. He's saying, okay, you've made it this far. I gave you those directions. But now you have a big question mark. So what are you gonna do about it? Are you gonna just keep pushing forth, bulldozing your way through like unbelievers do when they have a big question mark? They just, well, I'll just figure it out. We can be like that sometimes. And we have to ask ourselves, are we really believers? And it's not just about the fasting per se, but a believer looks to God and says, hey, I believe you for my my answers. I believe you for my divine strategy, for my next move. I don't believe in my job or my ability to Google search for something. I mean, those things are great. The Lord gives them. I have a job. I, I Google search all the time. But what about looking to him first? And that's what we're doing. We're just going to align in this moment, this week, and say, hey, God, we're realigning with you. And we're going to ask you for what's next. And in faith, and believe that you're going to do it. He's a faith God. He is pleased by our faith. So as we fast, I want to encourage you, do what he tells you to do. It's not about being great, grand, impressive. He doesn't care about that. He cares about your heart. 
let's dig in deep with him, keeping him at the center of it. So if that looks like you reading the word 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, in those times of you not eating chocolate or just taking, getting up 10 minutes earlier before the kids are up and crazy, we know, right? Do it. And lastly, just so we can truly dig in and get the revelation, align with him in a new way so that we can hear his voice. The Lord wants to do something, not just in Kansas City. I know he wants to do something here in Kansas City, but in your individual homes, in your family's lives, in our world. And it starts here. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness, what you're doing. For this moment where you are asking us to align with you. Align with you once again to get the revelation that we need. To move forth. Because you're a good God. You have plans. You want to see things happen. You want to see things unfold in our individual lives, in our church's life. So God, right now we honor you. And we say, we will look towards you. I pray for grace as people commit to fast starting tomorrow. Grace, Lord, grace. I pray that you would strengthen us from our inner man, Lord, as we look to you. And kill the noise. God, I pray that you would just kill the noise, that we would hear you like never before. And I pray all of this in your precious name, Lord. We love you. We honor you. We call you great. And we look towards you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.